Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. Before I became a rabbi in my 20s, I returned for graduate school to my childhood city of Boston. I worked as youth director on the side as Boston's Temple Israel's youth director where the senior rabbi many years before was my father's older rabbinic colleague named Roland Gittleson. But long before Rabbi Gittleson became that Temple Israel's senior rabbi, He had completed a tour of duty during World War II as one of the first Jewish chaplains in the United States Marine Corps. Rabbi Gittleson was, in fact, the the Jewish chaplain with the 5th Marine Division during the invasion of Iwo Jima in the Pacific, and it was he who delivered the most unforgettable eulogy at the dedication of the 5th Marine Division Cemetery on Iwo Jima, 77 years ago this week, March 21st, 1945. With the fight for democracy against fascism and brutal dictators like Putin on our minds, and even more, the suffering of the women, men, and children in Ukraine who continue to be battered. On this anniversary of the most famous wartime eulogy ever delivered in any of our lifetimes, I just want to share some of Rabbi Gittleson's words, not only as a tribute to all who served and died and were remembered this week, 77 years ago, but as a reminder to the rest of us, like me, who didn't serve and who too often forget what this nation stands for. We forget our good fortune, our rare good fortune, and why freedom costs more than political soundbites. On that March 21st day, after several chaplains and commanding officers finished speaking their words, Rabbi Gittleson stepped to the podium on the actual soil of one of the battles that stands out among all the rest because of the sheer heroism that was seemingly in every foxhole and behind every rock. Or as Admiral Nimitz said before the battle was over, and I quote, among the Americans who served, uncommon valor was a common virtue. The battle was fought on an island whose name none had ever heard of before, Iwo Jima. In 36 days, over 26,000 American soldiers died 
on Iwo Jima. It was the one and only time that Americans suffered more casualties than defending Japanese in the entirety of the Pacific War. After the battle was over, three cemeteries were established on the island, one for each division that fought there. The Marine Division's Protestant chaplain asked his Jewish colleague, Rabbi Gittleson, to prepare and deliver a sermon at the dedication of the non-denominational cemetery. Gittleson worked through the night on his sermon for his fallen comrades. However, the prejudice of the day reigned as some of the other Protestant and Catholic chaplains expressed their concerns that a Jewish rabbi would be delivering a dedication sermon at a mostly Christian cemetery. But when the lead Protestant chaplain, Warren Cuthriel, got his hands on Gittleson's words, he was so moved, he forwarded a copy to those above him and the power and depth of his words spread, not only at that ceremony, but across the nation. And he began this way, and I quote, this is perhaps the grimmest and surely the holiest task we have faced since D-Day. Here before us lie the bodies of our comrades and friends, people who until yesterday or last week laughed with us, joked with us, trained with us, men who were on the same ships with us and went over the sides with us as we prepared to hit the beaches of this island, men who fought with us and feared with us. Somewhere in this plot of ground, there may lie the individual who could have discovered the cure for cancer. Under one of these Christian crosses or beneath a Jewish star of David, there may rest now an individual who was destined to be a great prophet, to find the way perhaps for all to live in plenty with poverty and hardship for none. Now they lie here silently in the sacred soil, and we gather to consecrate this earth in their memory. It is not easy to do so. Some of us have buried our closest friends here. We saw these friends killed before our very eyes. Any of us might have died in their places. Indeed, some of us are alive and breathing at this very moment only because men who lie here beneath us had the courage and strength to give their lives for ours. Of them can it be said with utter truth, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here. It can never forget what they did here. No, our poor power of speech can add nothing to what these men and the other dead of our division who are not here have already done. All that we can even hope to do is follow their example, to show the same selfless courage in peace that they did in war, to swear that by the grace of God and the stubborn strength and power of human will, their children and ours shall never suffer these pains again. They have paid the ghastly price of freedom if that freedom be once again lost, as it was after the last war, the unforgivable blame will be ours, not theirs. So it be the living who are here to be dedicated and consecrated. We dedicate ourselves first to live together in peace the way they fought 
and are now buried in war. Here lie men who loved America because their ancestors generations ago helped in her founding. Here lie officers and privates, blacks and whites, rich and poor together. Here are Protestants, Catholics, and Jews together. Here no man prefers another because of his faith or despises him because of his color. Here there are no quotas of how many from each group are admitted or allowed. Among these men, there is no discrimination, no prejudice, no hatred. Theirs is the highest and purest democracy. Anyone among us, the living, who fails to understand that will thereby betray those who lie here dead. Whoever of us lifts his hand in hate against another or thinks himself superior to those who happen to be in the minority makes of this ceremony of the, blood and the, of the bloody sacrifice it commemorates an empty, hollow mockery. To this then, as our solemn sacred duty, do we, the living, now dedicate ourselves to the Protestants, Catholics, and Jews of all races alike to enjoy the democracy for which all of them have here paid the price. And to one thing more, do we consecrate ourselves in memory of those who sleep beneath these crosses and stars. We shall not foolishly suppose, as did the last generation of Americans, that victory on the battlefield will automatically guarantee the triumph of democracy back at home. This war, with all its frightful heartache and suffering, must be the beginning of our generation's struggle for democracy. When the last battle is over, there will be those at home, as there were last time, who will want us to turn our backs in selfish isolation on the rest of humanity and sabotage the very peace for which we fight. We promise you who lie here, we will not do that. When the last shot has been fired, there will still be those eyes that are turned backward, not forward, who will be satisfied with the extremes of poverty and wealth in America in which the seeds of another war can breed. We promise you, our departed American comrades, this too we will not permit. Those who, having ceased living with us, now live within us, Thus do we consecrate ourselves, the living, to carry on the struggle they began. Too much blood has gone into this soil for us to let it lie barren. Too much pain and heartache have fertilized the earth on which we stand. We solemnly swear this shall not be in vain. When the final cross has been placed in the last cemetery, once again, there will be those to whom profit is more important than peace, who will insist with the voice of appeasement that it is better to trade with the enemies of humanity rather than lose their profit. To you who sleep here silently, we give our promise we will not listen. We promise that when once again people seek appeasement or profit at your expense, we shall remember how you looked when we placed you 
reverently and lovingly into the ground. After Rabbi Gittleson had concluded, and that's just an excerpt, an honor guard raised the flag, then lowered it to half-mast. Taps then echoed across the volcanic ash dune that was Iwo Jima. Nearly eight decades later, days ago, the anniversary of this eulogy, we struggle to make good on Rabbi Gittleson's vow that out of the example of the marine dead on Iwo Jima would come the birth of a new freedom for the sons and daughters of men and women everywhere. Democracy, tolerance, racial and cultural diversity, freedom, equal opportunity, individual liberty, human rights are some of the most precious values we hold dear as Jews and as Americans. If de Tocqueville was right when he wrote hundreds of years ago that America is great because she is good, then surely she is good because she does not simply talk about values, but because she applies them. Our task is the living who honor the dead in both the United States and a democratic Ukraine being incinerated as we sit here by a savage criminal is to build a nation and world worthy of Rabbi Gittleson and President Zelensky and his people's sacrifice, a nation and world where people are truly free from tyranny, a, a nation where all peoples are treated justly, fairly, and compassionately for one reason. We're all equal images of God. This is our mandate as a people of God and as a nation, so we are told, under God. If God be fair and just, so must we. If God be loving, good, and generous, so too must we. Judaism is a total exercise in futility if it does not serve at least as our catalyst for improving the world and bringing heaven a little closer to a world on fire and a broken earth. When our biblical prophet once proclaimed, Atem Edai Neum Adonai, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, the Talmud adds that God is really saying that if you are my witnesses, then I can be God. But if you do not act like my witnesses, then I can never be God. It all depends on us, on what we do. This week, only 77 years ago, Rabbi Roland Gittleson of blessed memory told the world exactly that in memory of the thousands who perished on Iwo Jima. Russia's invasion of a sovereign democratic nation is a reminder of what we are still fighting for and what we solemnly swear to live for as Jews from the very beginning of our history, a world of peace and decency, healing and wholeness. Finally, Jewish teaching emphasizes that if that vision is in some way closer to fulfillment at the end of our days than it was at the beginning, 
then we will have made a difference in this world. Then our lives will have mattered. And the God of peace, decency, goodness, and wholeness will also be pleased. May each of us leave for others, not for ourselves, but for others, what the soldiers on Iwo Jima and what those in Ukraine right now are giving their lives for. A fuller, finer, brighter, freer future for all. And let us say,